Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Course 5 Compass podcast. I'm David McBride, Senior Vice President of Digital Solutions and Consulting at Course 5 Intelligence. And I'm joined today by my colleague, Mega Chaudhry, VP of Marketing at Course 5. Thanks for joining, Mega. Thank you, David. It's actually a pleasure. Really looking forward to it. We recently hosted a successful virtual event, and we'd love to reflect on it today. Uh, that's why we're here. Uh, Mega, could you tell our listeners about the event? Uh, sure, happy to do that. Um, uh, like you mentioned, it was our very first event, especially on the digital platform, and uh, was absolutely a great success, uh, keeping in mind it was the first event. So just to get started, I wanted to give some background on the need for this event. Uh, we all know by early March 2020, the coronavirus infection was turning into a pandemic. Uh, we received news that major industry events, even including Adobe or ShopTalk, were being canceled and would now be held as only online events. At Course 5 Intelligence 2, we decided to act swiftly on the side of caution and canceled two of our upcoming in-person events. Uh, one was tied to Adobe as well. Soon, large-scale shelter-in-place and social distancing measures were being adopted worldwide. Businesses were scrambling to find their foothold amid disrupted supply chains, stored sales, and dispersed employees. Uh, we were constantly thinking, how can we truly and substantially help our customers and our industry folks at this time? And one way to do this was by directly addressing their immediate concerns. How do we recover and regain stability in these turbulent times? How do we build the agility to adapt to changing times? And how do we pivot for future in the face of complete uncertainty? So we took a bold decision to put together a digital analytics and AI virtual conference. Digital had by default taken center stage in the new global scenario and we decided that should be the theme of our virtual event under Course 5 Compass, which is our thought leadership brand. So we called our event Course 5 Compass Digital Take Center Stage. We had a main keynote session and we had two parallel tracks after the keynote, which were running side by side. And then we had a uh, closing keynote again. Uh, the virtual conference witnessed visionary and notable speakers who shared their expertise and insights on data and digital-driven world in today's challenging times, and more importantly, shed light on how to use them to connect with your customers. Uh, the three-hour event offered a variety of sessions from individual talks to discussions, interview with experts, and much more. Key tracks of our event were data, culture, and storytelling, analytics for today, fundamental practices to unlock growth and tomorrow's AI today. The tagline for our event perfectly summarized our proposition to attendees, which was stabilize, pivot, and recover. So that is in a nutshell, uh, you know, our entire event from planning, ideation to, uh, you know, the actual event. It was definitely a, uh, a learning experience for us. And I felt like it came off really well from the content to the the level of interest we got to the technology. We had never done anything like this before. Um, and I, I was really pleased with, with how everything came together. Um, thinking in terms of, of the content, um, which is kind of what we wanted to focus on in this conversation, uh, to give our listeners a, a preview of what they can expect if they're to go through and, and watch some of that content, which is available um, on the web. We've uh, archived it there for people to go back and watch. Um, so let's start from the top. 
Our first speaker was Ajit Sivadasan, Global Head of E-Commerce, Sales, and Digital Marketing at Lenovo. We've been working with Ajit for many years, and we're fortunate to have him provide the opening remarks at our conference. He spoke about enhancing the e-commerce customer experience with digital transformation and shared some really interesting comments. Uh, one of the things he, he shared early on in his remarks that really piqued my interest was that most companies in the future will see a substantial part of their business coming from e-commerce. And I think the, the current COVID-19 crisis has uh, really underscored that um, and will accelerate some of the progress that Lenovo and uh, the, the, thanks to Ajit's efforts that they've made over the last 10 plus years. Uh, what, what stood out for you from uh, Ajit's remarks? Uh, David, uh, for me, Ajit's session was very insightful because we all know Lenovo. We all know Lenovo's products. We use Lenovo's products. But what many of our attendees might not know of is Lenovo's history. Ajit gave a deep dive into the full history of Lenovo's business from where they started to where they are now and what is their current focus and their entire transformational journey. So that really stood out to getting more perspective on uh, you know, the nitty gritties of Lenovo's business. It was very helpful for me. I thought it was interesting to see um, that specifically he talked out about how they've grown 10x since 2006. And what I thought of when, when he shared that uh, remark was that he had uh, this, this kind of growth trajectory over these many years and he indicated which countries they'd expanded into in each year. And, and I thought each one of those countries represents significant investment in time and effort. Um, this growth doesn't just happen automatically. You don't just put up a web page and people start coming to it. It's really, uh, it requires a lot of, of care and attention. Absolutely. And without even, uh, you know, uh, besides the pandemic and the current crisis, how their business was kind of already prepared for what's happening in the world today. Uh, you know, they're catering to the new millennials, uh, you know, the people who are very active on the digital platforms and how they've always been catering to them and how they're continuously adapting and catering to uh, these millennials who are digitally savvy. So that was really, uh, you know, helpful to understand from his perspective as well. Yeah, you can tell, and he called this out specifically, that they're investing in acquiring customers for life. And so they're investing in, in the younger population. They're thinking in terms of decades ahead of, of creating relationships with students, with gamers. Not to say that all gamers are young, but many of them are. Um, and they're not just about pushing products. They're, they're really connecting with people and around their passion points uh, to make sure that they, they stay Lenovo customers for a long, long time. Absolutely. And that's why they are where they are. Right. And we'll continue to grow and, and uh, provide valuable products for their, their customers. Uh, should we talk about Jennifer a little bit? Yes, absolutely. So Jennifer talked, Jennifer uh, Bellasant from Forrester uh, talked about data literacy and we actually are, are planning to go deeper into her remarks in a webinar that we're holding with her on June 9th. Um, so we'll, we'll keep our remarks here short and, and hope people will uh, listeners will attend the webinar, well, they will uh, have an opportunity to interact with Jennifer through uh, Q&A. But one of the, uh, the themes of Jennifer's remarks at our conference um, was around uh, the fact that everybody wants to use data better. Uh, or not everybody, it was a, a significantly high percentage, but a similarly significantly high percentage struggles to use data better. 
and she shared some uh, suggestions for how uh, people in the data world can be to use principles of data literacy to improve um, their data practices. Uh, was there anything in particular that stood out for you that, uh, that you want to call out in advance of the webinar? Uh, so uh, her entire session was pretty interesting, uh, David, but I want to keep it very short. You know, it was a great privilege for us to have uh, a distinguished analyst from Forrester join our event and, uh, you know, spare time to talk about data literacy and its importance. I want to keep it short to have our attendees register for her webinar, uh, which is coming up on 9 June and, uh, you know, attend that webinar to get more insight on data literacy. So I'm just going to uh, keep that short. It was a prelude and I would really want everyone to register and attend her webinar. Right. Yeah, she's, she's definitely going to go deep into concepts on uh, about the importance of people and process alongside technology and data. Um, and, and so please do turn in on, on June 9th to, um, to hear more. Yeah. Why don't we talk about the, uh, the tracks? So after Ajit and, uh, and Jennifer, we broke up into groups. We basically had two rooms where uh, people could, could go into. You uh, curated and, and hosted one of those tracks, and I did the other. I didn't get to attend yours, so I'd love to hear more about it. Super, absolutely. So uh, the first track uh, which I was hosting was uh, the pivot track, which basically had our speakers talk about finding virtue and constraints. It was about analytics for today. Most of them spoke about leveraging data and analytics to create growth strategies for tomorrow. David, I'd love to talk about all the speakers and their sessions briefly as well. So in this track, we started uh, with a fireside chat between our speakers. Uh, Rajneel Kumar, who is the business head of expansion projects and products at Z5, which is one of the major uh, video streaming platforms in Asia. Uh, he was joined by Anis Merchant of Course 5 Intelligence. Anis is EVP of Applied AI and Digital at Course 5 Intelligence. This session was pretty interesting because it talks about how OTD players are continuously innovating. You know, in this time, we all are stuck to different OTT platforms. We're on our couch watching Netflix, uh, Amazon Prime, multiple platforms. He spoke about what goes on behind the scenes. They have to innovate with new formats and content choices time and again. Most importantly, how everything is about hyper-personalization for them. Everything is focused on users, video, different formats, devices, and the core is data, AI, and technology. Uh, you know, they're never recreating. He spoke about how they're always inventing, which was very interesting. Then uh, we had our next speaker on this track, which is uh, which was Nigel Payton from Camlet Group, who has been in CTO and CI roles, uh, variously in B2B and B2C companies for 20 years. It was very different uh, to have someone from the technology background. Uh, Nigel shared with us very useful advice on how the CTO needs to work closely with the marketing and other teams to identify the right business indicators and also streamline data pipelines to optimize insight systems. He gave a lot of insights into day-to-day -day working of a technology leader and how the technology teams uh, need to work extensively to optimize a customer journey. For example, you know, what caused the downtime? What caused the customer journey to get stalled? how their site is performing, what vulnerabilities and security issues exist, what's working, what's not working, and how everything is purely based on data. 
CTOs need to understand the underlying cause based on data and how important are these insights in tech operations, which was, you know, very different because most of the speakers were talking about analytics and he uh, was one technology leader who was talking about how analytics and data are important for the technology arm of a company. It's always a little bit interesting to me about to, to hear how uh, or to think that we, we don't on the analytics side, we don't often th think in terms of core technology, like how, the extent to which site uptime or what's causing downtime. Some of these operational metrics don't really flow through into our, our, our analysis of customer behavior, but they're so closely linked. I think it's an opportunity for us to um, to maybe expand our field of what we're looking at. So I'll, I'll definitely be going back and looking at, uh, at, the, at Nigel's remarks. Absolutely, and it opened my eyes being in marketing that how even we need to work with the technology team. Through this event, we you know, extensively worked with our IT teams to you know, make sure technology-wise, everyone had a seamless experience. So you know, uh, it's very important for the support teams, marketing and technology to work hand in hand. So it was definitely uh, very, very helpful for me as well. Okay, then moving on uh, in uh, the pivot track, our next speaker was Alex Robertson, who was Vice President Enterprise Data and Analytics at David's Bridal. And, you know, we all know how detail has been one of the businesses most hit by social distancing. And Alex had some great info for other retailers on how to stay afloat right now and pivot for the future. Uh, David's Bridal, per se, has been in business since 1950. And what was really interesting in his session was to understand how they're preparing for the future. People will not be coming to the stores easily now. So they have to reach them, whether it's with display advertising, emails, just to make sure they feel safe coming back in, you know, basically talking about how they're sanitizing everything. Things will move to maybe appointment only, and some might even move to home trials. And, uh, how marketing needs to change. Customers won't be the same anymore. They need to find ways to cater to them and re-engage with people who've gone in hibernation mode. Uh, marketing, especially for retail businesses right now, really needs to be reinvented to cater to the new normal. And I think that's the case with most, most of the retail uh, you know, brands right now. So his session really... Uh, help to give a different perspective on what will need to be done from marketing, uh, you know, uh, side. So was he, it sounds like he was, it sounds like, sorry, it sounds like he was having a, uh, taking a kind of an optimistic approach. Like there's challenge in the current moment, but there's, there's way around, ways around a lot of those challenges. Is that fair? Absolutely. That's fair. Absolutely. So everyone, and that is one thing that I think struck a chord with most of our sessions, David, everyone, talked about challenges and how they're using those challenges to kind of turn the wind. So definitely he also was of the opinion uh, that, you know, they're still going to stay afloat. They're still going to uh, pivot to the future, addressing all the challenges and just, you know, reinventing the marketing wheel to kind of stay afloat. Cool. Then our next track was the Accelerate track. Uh, for the pivot track, we had those three speakers. We moved on to Accelerate track, which was primarily focused on strategies to prepare for tomorrow. Our speakers spoke about how deployment of AI in robust, sustainable ways today will be central to our survival and growth as we head into the future. And uh, for this track, our first speaker was Samir Dhanrajani. Uh, Samir, who is the CEO of AI Curate, which is a bespoke uh, global AI advisory and consulting firm. 
his session was interesting it had a lot of videos a lot of examples and he explained through various examples and customer experience that we need to think of human first not ai first i think many people who are jumping on the bandwagon are missing the point the new normal and strategy and business transformation will not come from just ai and ai alone will not solve all the problems it's a combination of data engineering behavioral science and ai that will you know win the situation so it was pretty interesting to see the message he was trying to communicate and um, the last speaker sorry they were you were saying something no i just that sounds that, that sounds really that's an interesting perspective yep totally uh, we all are giving ai a lot of importance but definitely there's a combination that goes behind uh, for ai to win last speaker obviously was my favorite sushant ismani who is vice president of product development at coastline intelligence uh, sushant explained how for some sectors uh, this time has opened new possibilities to challenge the status quo and pivot their business in new direction he also reflected and gave examples of the economic crisis during swine flu pandemic and explained how optimization was the secret weapon for survival and is the secret weapon during any humanitarian crisis and financial meltdowns data insights have become very important more now than ever and how companies are asking for faster insights now it's all about insights first culture speed to insight adoption turnaround time is the key he also spoke how force five discovery which is helping some of the leading companies with the data driven decision making which is the core of it all so obviously from insights perspective from uh, you know um, the business perspective his session was very interesting he had to keep it short because we were running out of time he had a lot of questions that came out for the discovery platform as well and maybe we will follow up with uh, all the attendees who had questions we had to cut it short because we had to move on to our closing keynote which was by dr mohan deer sahib so these were one my of the nice things about uh, oh sorry to interrupt go ahead no no david you go ahead uh, I, I was just saying or, or thinking that one of the nice things about uh shashant being a little rushed is that we uh we we know how to reach him and we can put him in touch with anyone who wants to talk about uh those com co concepts and and we know that he loves to talk about uh using ai to generate insights more quickly so exactly. easy to uh to continue that conversation true absolutely anytime so these were um, so, um, obviously we should move on to your tracks i would love to hear uh, more before i get on to the recording yeah yeah so um Similarly, two tracks back to back. Uh, very interesting con comments from from our speakers. Uh, we we had the alignment track followed by the recovery track. So uh, in the alignment track, we were uh, favored with Leah Weiss and Gabby Steele from Data Culture. At uh, Data Culture, they're focused on using data and data culture to make sizable impacts. And they they talk about solving. $10 million problems for using data. Now for a really large company, $10 million might not be sufficiently representative to, to get anybody interested. For a, a, a smaller company, uh, $10 million may be larger than their revenue. So $10 million is kind of a, a, a placeholder. Um, it could be bigger, it could be smaller, but the idea is to get people from across companies to, to have collaborative discussions, uh, to take a solution first approach, I'm sorry, not a solution first approach, but more of a business 
impact approach. Uh, they, they talked about how it's common for people to take solution first approaches and think about how am I going to solve a problem instead of thinking about how solving the problem will help me grow my business or help improve customer satisfaction. So in their experience, both of them having worked at WeWork and now out on their own, they talk about how they, or they talked about how they um, use this, this collaborative methodology to solve big data problems. Um, so really yeah. interesting. And, and uh, like all of our, like all of these, I definitely encourage everyone to go back and look at this one. Uh, which is definitely interesting, David. Collaboration is one of our core values as well. And obviously I do understand collaboration is the key, especially during this time. Did they give some insight on how they are bringing all the people together? How do they collaborate uh, with different people and bring them together? Yeah, so their model is actually such that they have, basically they start with one week consulting engagements where they're on site or at least engaged if things are remote for pretty much the whole day for that one week. And at the very beginning, they get people together and they have some icebreaker kind of activities and they, um, they find the problem and they, they kind of break up into smaller teams and, and go about picking the big problem. And then at the end of the week, uh, they present to executives from the company uh, several different uh, solutions. And then the executive basically says, let's do that one, that one, and that one. Uh, maybe this other one, hold off on that. Uh, so it's kind of a, a hackathon format. And, and then they basically, by doing so, they've brought people together who otherwise wouldn't be working together to solve problems and created the spark of momentum to then go solve the problem. Super. That's pretty interesting. I'm definitely going to listen to this session. It really is interesting. Um, Brent Dyke spoke next. He's an analytics expert and an author with uh, past roles at Adobe uh, and before that Omniture, uh, as well as Domo. He is uh, a published author. He's written several books. His most recent book is called Data Storytelling, Data Narrative and Visualization. And, and he talked about how all of these come together. And he, he talked about the intersection between data and narrative and visualization. He, he mentioned that the intersection between data and narrative, if you think of this as a three circle Venn diagram and the area where the data circle and the narrative circle overlaps, that's, that's sort of the explaining world. And where the data circle and the visual circle overlap, that's the enlightened or enlightened aspect of things. So when you use data and visualization, Together, you're, you're helping to enlighten people about anomalies and trends. And then the, the intersection between visuals and narrative is the engage um, category or, or, or territory. So that's where storytelling really takes an important role. He, he talked about how all of these together, uh, data, narrative, and visualization is what's required to lead to change. He says that we often hear statistics, so that might just be data, but we feel stories, which is narrative and visualization. And so um, by, by attaching a human element, people kind of, their, their resistance or their shields come down when, when there's a story associated with uh, the problem that's, that's trying to be solved. So he, um, and he also provided a, an interesting framework around storytelling. So I'll let you uh, and our listeners tune into that to, to get the, uh, the high level of, of what that framework entails. Oh, absolutely. And I'm definitely going to look at his book as well, which is also on our events piece, the one you mentioned, data storytelling, uh, because storytelling right. is 
key of all messaging right now, all uh, as always. So definitely will be a big help. I'm uh, going to check it out. Yeah, uh, definitely worth checking out. It's on my nightstand and it's a good read. Um, our third and final speaker of uh, the alignment track was James Oliver, who is at Rakuten Rewards, formerly known as Ebates. So James focused on creating a self-service data culture. And, and for me, James was a, a perfect conclu concluding speaker for this track uh, because he drew from examples from pretty much everybody else that we had heard from, in including Jennifer. He talked about how over the last five months, a really short period of time, they've completely changed the direction of how their company sources and uses and relies upon data. Whereas in the past, his team, the analytics team, was forced to answer lots of questions. They have they realized they didn't have enough people to 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 make that uh, to answer all those questions. They also recognized that their CEO was was very passionate about everyone being part of solving problems with data, and so they created um, a number of uh, of tutorials, programs, trainings, office hours, contests, um, all around helping people kind of learn the tools, but also have the confidence to go in and uh, in, into whatever tool, write SQL queries, for example, to get the data that they need to make decisions on their own because they know the, the business problem best. He talked about how the, the importance of top-down encouragement uh, from their CEO was, was just paramount to have that support, but that on its own also wouldn't do enough. They had to have kind of this, this bottom-up um, uh, skills development um, to to make this successful as well. I was really uh, impressed with um, the diligence and the energy and the positivity and optimism that uh, that James has infused in the, the team there at Rocket Ten Rewards. Wow, really interesting. And what I'm learning with all these sessions, David, that our theme was digital at center, but we know that data is and always has been at the center as well. So most of these sessions do talk about, you know, how data is at the center of everything, which is uh, super exciting. Right. Yeah. So I think maybe if digital is at the center, data might be at the center of digital. Yeah. Um, because it's uh, digital is inherently measurable. So our our next track was uh, the recovery track. We, we heard from two speakers here, the first of which was Nathan Anderson from Franklin Square Investments. He talked about the art of challenging assumptions and focused I guess it's focused on several things, but what really stood out to me was the importance of culture in, in challenging assumptions. He said that uh, in a co it's common to think in terms of asking five whys or three whys, asking several level of why something is the way it is. Um, but he also suggested that in order to be effective in those conversations, that we kind of have, I guess, uh, some ground rules that were of a common understanding within a company. So one idea he, he posited was that it's important to ensure that everyone knows that when you're disagreeing with someone, you're not attacking them as a person, you're, you're, you're testing the idea. So his, his language was attack ideas, not people. I think attack might even be uh, a bit strong of a word. It, it's sort of more along the line of, of, of testing or uh, evaluating. He suggested that it's important that we, uh, companies make it safe to disagree. It's okay to have differing opinions and that, uh, that we practice good faith, that we be willing to be wrong ourselves, uh, that we are willing to challenge our own assumptions and to, to learn along the way. 
Yeah, like they say, there's no such thing as too many wives. Uh, so uh, it's always good to have. <laughs> right. Uh, and then our last speaker in this track was Ellie Fites, who's a professor of marketing at Drexel University in Philadelphia in the U.S. She talked about testing, uh, like A-B testing, when your sample size is very small. And she's actually created a, a formula uh, that shows how sample size, uh, as taught in statistics textbooks, uh, is either, in her words, wrong or maybe, uh, at the very least, answering the wrong question. This was a real, very real-world concept from someone in in the academic world. She um, she and her her co-writer, who, who uh, she wrote a paper with on this topic, uh, basically focused on maximizing profits instead of, uh, as you often find in statistics, trying to figure out which treatment A or B in an A/B test is better. You don't necessarily have to know which is absolutely better. You just have to know which is going to yield. Uh, the, the most profit for your organization. And the other area that where her model differs is that it considers the cost of running the test. And that's not necessarily part of traditional literature on and formulas on, on A-B testing. So through that, she's been able to show that it's possible to run tests with a much lower uh, sample size requirement, which is really uh, important and helpful for companies that are either smaller or they're testing a segment that's small or they're concerned about disrupting their, their existing channel. And, and it was uh, in like 11 minutes, a really short presentation. Uh, she gave some, some, some great insight and ideas. And for those who are interested, of course, she's written and spoken extensively on the topic. They can go uh, check out her, her materials in more detail there. Yeah, I'm sure. And I was really looking forward to her session primarily, more like uh, you know marketing training for me. Uh, she's a professor. So I'm definitely going to right. tune in and check it out. Yeah, yeah, definitely do. So as you mentioned earlier, we uh, these last two were both a little bit on the short side in my mm -hmm. uh, my track and yours because we were all excited to get in and hear from Dr. Bohambir Sani, who's a professor of marketing at Northwestern University. He's also a course five advisor. The title of his talk was Sharpening the Spear, Strategies for Leveraging the Lockdown. Curious to hear what, what thoughts and insights you had on uh, Professor Sani's remarks. Uh, so, uh, David, for me, what always stands out about Professor Sani is the energy he brings on the table. He was uh, the last session for the day, and people were in marathon sessions for two and a half hours prior to his session. And he was the act closing keynote for our uh, event. Uh, the energy he got, and especially the advice, and especially in today's time, his session was so apt. The thing that really stood out for me in his session was he gave a lot of personal examples of what he's been doing, you know, whether it's investing in people or technology or his own customer experience with whether it's his car. Uh, you know, there were some great uh, learnings for competing brands as well in his session. You know, he's snatching on talent, investing in people more so now than ever, which was uh, pretty interesting. He spoke uh, at length about uh, digital disruption in different sectors, uh, how, you know, servicization has taken uh, a big, uh, you know, center right now. Products are incorporating services and um, a lot of services are incorporating some product models, uh, which was pretty interesting for me. And, uh, you know, we're really glad we have someone like Professor Sani on our strategic advisors team uh, to help us guide, uh, you know, for our business as well, because he comes with such great insights. 
So as I was thinking about uh, his, his remarks, I, I landed on the same phrase, the, the energy uh, that you mentioned. I, I remember feeling as I was listening to him just that, and I, and I moderated this. So um, I, I was just super engaged and excited and texting some of my coworkers, like, can you believe this is such a great, this is such a great idea. We should do this. Um, I love his optimism, his I can do this kind of attitude. The, the idea where, you know, when he was talking about snapshot up talent, I think it's, it's well known that there are a lot of people out there looking for work. And, he, and, and some companies are in a place where they can hire them. Others may not be in a place where they can hire them, but he suggested that if you can't, then consider leveraging their expertise for contract work. Um, so I, I like the idea of, of how he had thought through even past the first um, initial obstacle that, that some people might experience. Uh, I thought it was really interesting when he shared his example of uh, Geo's uh, POS Lite mobile app. He, he's on the board for Geo, and he shared that um, given the COVID-19 crisis in India, uh, that they needed to have ways of, uh, of activating, of, of adding um, minutes on people's devices. And so they created a mobile app and added basically a million entrepreneurs um, in a six-week period of time that they could leverage as new points of sale uh, to represent the brand in, uh, in various communities without having stores open. Um, so, so that was a great example of transforming inter internal operations. And now they're looking at having that be a permanent fix. Uh, so these, these optimizations and improvements that we're finding in our businesses, we should be looking at them not just as temporary during COVID, but uh, how can they benefit our business for the long term going forward? Right, and uh, he gave so many examples, just like Gio, he, uh, when I was talking about the personal examples, he gave, he was talking about the contactless customer service at Tesla and how, you know, that can be a great learning for other players like Audi or BMW. So that was interesting as well. Yeah, for sure. I like the idea that he, he suggested we consider how can we be trusted advisors to help navigate through the current crisis? Um, and there's probably something in whether it's in our business or in our communities uh, for us to through our, our output or through our optimism, through our expertise to be trusted, to be part of the solution uh, instead of just passive uh, standby watchers, I guess, uh, uh, observing how the world is unfolding around us. So definitely uh, really interesting comments from from Dr. Sani. Great learning for management teams. So that, that wrapped up the content. Um, you know, what's next? What, 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 anything that uh, you'd like to share as far as how we're going to take these learnings and this experience into the future? Yep, uh, David, I think this was just the beginning. Uh, we were all very encouraged with the response. And I'm sure looking at the response and the kind of attendance we had, we will be coming up with more of such events. Uh, um, uh, we will definitely want to continue to inspire, educate, and connect brilliant minds from across the boundaries. So I would just say uh, and ask everyone to just stay tuned and keep an eye on our website, which is course5i.com, and all our social media handles to stay abreast uh, with our latest developments and see what's coming up next, obviously along with our webinar, which is up next on 9 June. Yeah, we'll, uh, we're excited to see, uh, to welcome Jennifer back and, and spending some more time with her. Uh, and I think you'll find uh, that, that every, uh, every moment you invest 
in, in reviewing this content is time well spent. So I encourage all of our listeners to, to take the time to review that as well. Uh, and actually a, a pro tip here, if, if you're uh, so inclined and, and you're trying to consume a lot of content in a slightly shorter period of time, you can always accelerate your playback time in YouTube uh, to one and a half speed, which you can actually consume uh, an hour's worth of content uh, even in less time than an hour. So uh, that, that might be a pile through some of that content. And that's a good tip, David. And uh, definitely for all those who are interested to watch and learn more, uh, they need to stop by our website at uh, compass.course5i.com slash login. And uh, they can register to access the recordings of all these sessions. In addition, they can also find the link to register in the description of this podcast. Plus, if they have any questions, you know, feel free to reach out to us at info at course5i.com and register for our upcoming webinar. And of course, uh, we're, we're present on, uh, on Twitter and LinkedIn. So there's all kinds of channels where people can reach us. Um, Nagat, thank you so much for joining me, for taking the time to uh, share with me what you learned and, and what you observed in your track. I, I hopefully was able to provide some value to you and to our listeners as well. To all of us, to all of you out there, this is uh, uh, Course 5 Compass, uh, the review of the uh, Digital Takes Center Stage virtual event. So thank you very much for listening and have a great day. Thanks all for listening. Thank you so much, David. It was a pleasure.